Hello, thank you for joining us for Genesis chapter 2. The heavens, the earth, and all their vast array were finished. On the seventh day, God finished his work, which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because he rested in it from all the work of creation, which he had done. This is the history of the generations of the heavens and of the earth when they were created. In the day that Yahweh God made the earth and the heavens. No plant of the field was yet in the earth, and no herb of the field had yet sprung up, for Yahweh God had not caused it to rain on the earth. There was not a man to till the ground, but a mist went up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. Yahweh God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Yahweh God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. Out of the ground, Yahweh God made every tree to grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food, including the tree of life in the middle of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. A river went out of Eden to water the garden and from there it was parted and became the source of four rivers. The name of the first is Pishon. It flows through the whole land of Havilah where there is gold and the gold of that land is good. Bdellium and onyx stone are also there. The name of the second river is Gihon. It is the same river that flows through the whole land of Cush. The name of the third river is Hidekel. This is the one which flows in front of Assyria. The fourth river is the Euphrates. Yahweh God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to cultivate and keep it. Yahweh God commanded the man saying, you may freely eat of every tree of the garden, but you shall not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For in the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. Yahweh God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Out of the ground, Yahweh God formed every animal of the field and every bird of the sky and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. Whatever the man called every living creature became its name. The man gave names to all the livestock and to the birds of the sky and to every animal of the field. But for man, there was not found a helper comparable to him. Yahweh God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. As the man slept, he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Yahweh God made a woman from the rib which he had taken from the man and brought her to the man. The man said, this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She will be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man will leave his father and his mother and they will join with his, and, and will join with his wife and will be one flesh. The man and his wife were both naked and they were not ashamed. 
these early chapters of Genesis are so interesting. And this one starts with day seven of creation. And God doesn't actually create anything on day seven. He has a break. He has a day of rest. And this is called the Sabbath. And he calls it holy. He, he declares this day holy. And that just means it belongs to God. And the Sabbath day is always holy. It always belongs to God. That's why we do set aside a day of the week to go and be with God's people. We go to church, we listen to the preaching, we worship the Lord with the saints. And that's, that's one of the ways we make the day holy is because it belongs to the Lord and we give the day to the Lord. And th this comes right back here from Genesis chapter two, where the Lord declared that the day was holy and that it belonged to him. So chapter two starts with the Lord resting. God, of course, doesn't need to rest. He's got an endless supply of energy and he doesn't get tired, but he rested as an example to us of what we should do. Then it goes on to describe these four rivers. And I think this is to me quite fascinating. He says there's a river called the Pishon, a river called the Gihon, a river called Hidekel, but in other Bible translations, the Tigris, and then a river called the Euphrates. If you look on your map of the world today, you'll see the Tigris and the Euphrates River, which are right there in um, the Middle East. But these other two rivers, we don't know anything about them. And the world is, is a completely different place today to what it was thousands of years ago. But the ancient writer Josephus, he tells us that one of these rivers flowed through the land of India and the other river the, I'm not sure if it's the Pishon or the Gihon, which way around these two are. The other one flowed through the land of Egypt. That's what the ancient writer Josephus says in his book Antiquities. And I think to myself, wow, if that, if that was true, that means this Garden of Eden was huge. Like we're not just talking, a, I always imagine the Garden of Eden, you know, as a child being something the size of a football field or, you know, maybe the size of a, a very small city. But no, we're talking, if, if Josephus is correct about these four rivers, we're talking a, a global-sized garden, something as big as, you know, as the world. And, um, and then, of course, God chooses Adam to care for the, the garden, and Eve, of course, is to be his helper. And, they, and he, he asks them to multiply and have children, and he commissions them to take care of it. Well, it makes sense. If you've got a garden the size of the whole planet, you're going to need all those descendants to take care of it. And that's, in some ways, that's still our job today. It's the original task of, of humanity is to take care of this planet. And so we should do a good job of that. And so I, I don't mean to get to go extremely obsessed with you know, environmentalism or anything like that, but there's certainly things we can do. We should start with taking care of our own gardens in our own houses, in our own, our own property and business, making things be nice, looking after what we can, considering what the Lord wants, you know, being responsible for what we have. And that's certainly a beginning of being a good caretaker for what the Lord has given us. And then, of course, it goes on to describe the creating of Eve out of Adam. And it says that, you know, there was a little mini operation God took a rib out, created the woman, and then Adam named her woman because that meant to have been taken out of man. And it says that they were one flesh. 
So that's fabulous. And in the first chapter of Genesis, which we read yesterday, it says that they were created male and female in God's image. Technically, God is neither a male nor a female. God is a spirit. He doesn't have a body. We call him him uh, when we talk about God because that's just the way we understand God. Technically, he's not a man or a woman. But, and, and that explains why we, we're all created in God's image, even though some of us are male and some are female. And so that's, that's what we have here. We have a man and a woman. They're one flesh. They both come from the same body because Eve came from Adam's same flesh. And they're both created in God's image and they're equal. And so this is a fabulous, fabulous thing. And I, you know, there's a lot of talk about equality in the world today. And it's, it's like it's a new discovery. And, uh, but no, right back in the creation, creation in the beginning of the world, God created them equal from the very beginning. And equality was always a thing that God understood. We're, we're, all humans were made equal in God's eyes. That doesn't mean everyone's the same. You know even your own children are different, but equal in, in value, equally loved, equally made in the image of God, equal in so many ways, but at the same time, all unique, all reflecting different aspects of God, God's glory, and it's wonderful. So what can we learn from Genesis chapter 2? First of all, we're called to rest. God's the one who established a Sabbath, and that's holy. It's set apart for God. But we're also called to work because God put man and his wife in the garden to take care of it. So not only are we called to rest, but we're called to work and we're called to take care of what God's given us. We're called to contemplate the needs of others and serve. We also learn from this chapter that we belong to one another. We're one flesh. All of us come from the one original human being, Adam. We're all created by the one same God. And so we are one flesh, and this causes us to contemplate and to love our fellow human beings. There's things in these creation stories that you would not, you would not expect if this was a made-up story. Because the way the world was thousands of years ago, with patriarchy and you know, women had no rights and, and things like this, if this was a, a, a mythical made-up story, this stuff wouldn't even be in the story. It's in the story because this is an account of what God did. It's an account of what happened. And that's astounding. And the other element that's, that's astounding along with it too is in the ancient world, no one ever thought of themselves as being made in God's image. People like Pharaoh of Egypt would say that he was, he was the image of God, but everyone else never thought that at all. But here we have got an ancient account telling us that we're made in God's image. Well, it's only there because it's true, because people would never have thought to have, write, to have written that up. So these are amazing, wonderful things. So Father, I ask that you would help us. Help us to know how to work hard and to take care of that which you have given us. Help us to also know how to rest and to honour you and that our rest be holy. And also, Lord, help us to see uh, Christ in other people and to see that we're one flesh, that we're all fellow human beings in this earth and let your love and your value go through us to others. In Jesus' name, amen.